0: Welcome to book.tips. Good Insight. A guide to become the parent you want to be. So, a new book. As you know from the description, this book is about some parenting struggles and all these topics. But of course, uh, we have a different version of that. Of course, it is a parenting book. But more than that, it is more about an interpersonal skill book. We would call it like that. It is written by Dr. Becky Kennedy. She's a clinical psychologist and we are going to go through a lot of topics which we will come across in children. But the ultimate dimension of that is that all those people who is being raised as children, they become the adults. They become so-called managers or teachers or all these people. So most of the time, most of the character building is happening at the childhood between a parent and the child. So whatever the people you get surrounded by, their characters, their behavior, if you want to decode that, even you are not interested in parenting, this book is for you. So let's get started. So, a quick summary, as we mentioned, book is on parental conflicts, but it's more than that, as we mentioned. Child is a father of man. This is by Williams Wordsworth. Even though it's a monolith of poetry, like people have different, different versions of that particular topic. But generally, if you want to look at what a man is, just first you have to study the child. Adult follow how the parents treat them. So, that, that's how it is. Like, for example, you as a parent, you are taking care of your child based on how your parents raised you. So, we teach behavior. We treat symptoms. What really is that, uh, when a child is behaving something, we try to label around it. And we try to fix that one. If he's doing something bad, we'll tell that don't do that. Don't. We, we are not... Having a time, or we have not been trained in such a way that to look inside more than what is beyond that takes from the consequences to connection. That's what this book is talking about. You will have some consequences if you don't raise your child properly. He's going to be get become a different version of a a, a child which you don't want to become. That's how. But instead of that, this book is talking about a connection building. You are going to look the child as a person and you're getting going to get connected and that deep level of connection and healing is happening here. Before we start on the chapters, this is a detailed summary so before we start, I'll go with the Khalil Gibran poem on the prophet your children is your children are not your children they are the sons and daughters of life's longing for itself. They come through you, but not from you. And though they are with you, yet they belong not to you. So it's a thoughtful. If you want to look at and enjoy more of the poem, we have a a book in our channel itself uh, from Speak to Us of Love by Halil Gibran and Osho Rajanish. Please check it out. Let's get uh, to the first chapter here. So book is having multiple sections. First section is about Dr. Becky's Parenting Principle. This is basically a compilation of a medical as a clinical psychologist, as a child therapist. She's having an experience on all this. Based on that and she herself as a parent, all those intuitions and reflections is also combined together as a parenting principles here. Interesting actually so first one is good inside we we consider some kids as good kids some kids as bad and all these things because, because based on their behavior but the core of this book or core of this principle is that everybody even if it is a children or someone the cruelest person they are on the true good inside then the question arises then why they are showing that bad outside The answer is that because of many of the internal struggles and perceptions and dimensions, that is getting channeled as bad. So generally, if before you become a parent, a parenting is somehow a dream. Like you want to raise your generation, your child, you want to give love and all these things. But when it becomes to the practicality of... It's similar to multiple aspects. Before you get a job, you will think that, okay, I want to become so-called, I want to give all that my work to that company. But when you get the job, you'll have a lot of things. You'll be fed up with the politics happening in the office and all, all those topics. Similar here, parenting is about anger and frustrations, most of the people. Because uh, things won't go as per your plan. Uh, trust rather than control. Uh, the, what it means is that most of the times, our parenting is mostly about controlling the kids not trusting them, not giving them the thoughts and just to train them and all these things because we are programmed to fail safe. We are somehow there as a protector. So we are as an evolutionary being. We are always programmed to be avoid dangers and all these things. Everything, even your hormonal system, your brain, everything is at this particular moment also if something is happening, you will be you are trained not to happen that one. So evolutionarily, we are a negative bias. Why it is? Because we want to get out of danger. We want to be survived. So when you have a, a problem there or a person uh, just shouting at you, you normally you will get that negative bias and thinking that, okay, somebody is attacking me. But you're not getting a time to switch off that and think that, okay, why this person is getting angry? We are not getting that time. Our own experience, as we mentioned before, our own experience of childhood is a guide for parenting for most of the people. So imagine your parents was very harsh or they, their grandparents were taught in a military way to the people or, or different, different aspects. So your training guide, because you are not going to, you are not getting teached in any schools or colleges about parenting. Similar to financial uh, knowledge and all these things. Nobody is teaching those things. So you are only getting it mostly from your parents, how they raised you and something from other, very few from other people's experience and some thoughts, maybe YouTube's or all all these things. But that will be very short version. Most of the things will be automatically influenced by how you are being raised. So, one of the bad thing is that we consider children's behavior as an identity of them. So, book is telling that you should not treat that way. Behavior is not the identity. It is actually a clue. You as an investigator, you have to look at that behavior as a clue and go inside and find what is driving those behaviors. Generally, like it is being told that very early, like even when the children is in the womb of a mother, learning is starting there. So, environment, everything is starting. So, when even born on that one, before we get that identity of that of person, still the children is learning about this. So, early years is building the circuitry for behaviors. And that's why I told in the beginning, this is about a parenting book, but even your consciously or unconsciously not, not want to become a parent or you're not interested still this is a guide for managing any other person as well to influence or uh, support or love or or any other person because this is early years of what is built that is a person becoming later so there is some incidents walking book is lot of lot of examples and all these things we are not going all through all this but there are some of them telling that sister is telling that uh, to her brother uh, like uh, sorry sister is just younger sister she is telling that take her to hospital so she don't like her younger sister so that's why she is telling that but in inherently inside that thing that frustration that that is very cruel like take her back to hospital is very cruel but what, what is driving that one is because this elder sister is becoming unsafe. Okay, when there is a younger sister there, I will not get that much protection and affection and support from my parents. That is driving this behavior. So that's, that's what we talk in the beginning, bad behaviors, clues, struggle. We see struggles as harshness and criticism. You see in the above example itself, like a sister is telling that uh, take her to hospital or some some kids are telling you are the worst parent I have or I hate you or a lot of things. But this first chapter is telling that stop, stop where you are and try to take a two second break on that particular moment and try to see the most generous interpretation, M-G-I. Of a particular scenario, then you will get to find out what is behind the clue. Otherwise, evolutionarily, we are programmed to take that negative part, so we'll miss that scenario of development. So that's the first chapter. So two things are true. The first one is good inside. Everybody is true in the good inside. That is there. The title of the book itself is the same. But another revolutionary part is that two things are true, which we don't normally agree. When you have a debate with someone or when you are negotiating with someone, your success is normally determined as per most of our perception is that when I am successfully able to convince my thought and make the other people agree on me, then it's a success. So when you as a parent and child is having a struggle, you will try to just take that particular topic and telling that what you are doing is wrong and you are trying to prove that. Children is going to frustrate back on that. So in that case, this everybody is trying to make one is true. Me is true or child is trying to tell he is true and parent is telling she is true like that. But here what doctor is telling that you cannot solve the problem by that level of thinking what is creating it. So what is... You should consider that two things are true. What you are doing is also true as your expression. What the children is trying to show his frustrations or its words or actions. That is also true. In that two, you will get a middle space there. Then you will understand. Feeling seen and heard. That's what most of the behavior of children is being being like a channeling of they want to feel as seen and heard. They want to just get that attention and get listening for that. So convincing that as we mentioned is single reality, other person is unheard. If you are trying to busy on convincing something, you are losing a valuable opportunity to listen from the other person what you want to tell. So curiosity thrives in The moment you agree that Okay, I can be true and he also can be true. Then there is a think again moment here. Then that time you will be curious to know what is the other true. Then you can easily come across, you can either give up or change your perceptions or thinking and all these things. Feeling felt in relation. So there are one example in the book talking about just leave child and parent. Imagine you as an employee, you ask to go to your boss and tell that I want to have a raise uh, in the salary. So, the problem is that the boss is telling no. So, normally what will happen is that you will be very unhappy and boss also will be unhappy. That's another part, but you will be morally concerned about you as an unhappy person. But in this moment, there is two things that are true. First one is that you already have a job, which is a good thing. So second part, yes, you did not get a raise. That's true. But the point is that what he's trying to explain is that suppose the boss come and tell you straight away, Okay, I know that you're asking for a raise, but you are very unhappy about this. I feel sorry about it like that. I am not sure you will get comfortable on that. You will be feel more vulnerable by that. Instead, if the boss try to look at you as a person and look at okay, why she is asking for a raise. Maybe it is because of the lifestyle savings or all these things and maybe the apartment cost is high or, or something else. So if he can talk to HR and try to give something which help her. Okay, so... Her kids' education, or, or a company apartment, or company already have an apartment. We can give it to this. So lot of things. So that way, even though you are not getting that, I'm t- book is not talking about that. I'm taking it in a different dimension just for your understanding. So even though somebody can easily tell what you are feeling, instead, if somebody try to go to the root of that problem and try to address it on your perspective, just take the biotelescope, opposite 180 and see that you will be more comfortable because otherwise you will feel yourself okay i asked the reason now boss will be thinking that i will be uh, leaving and all all these disturbances will but instead if the boss tried to understand the problem and then help you you will be more motivated and boss will be more confident you can go around with your normal job so kids watching an adult movie you are allowed to be mad Like if they are an adult movie and all, we normally we don't want kids to watch that. But mostly when you're going to catch the remote at that time, you will get that frustrations on that one. So the point is that here the parent is a person in charge who want to protect the kid from unwanted movies and all these things. But at the same time, children as they are expressing their own behaviors and all these things, they are allowed to be mad at that action. So you should not, you are not supposed to make sure that, okay, when I'm taking the remote from the kid, he should stay silent as a monk or something. So he is allowed to be mad. Two things are true here. Cold climate and jacket. multiple scenarios. Like if you tell your kid, okay, it is going to be cold outside, wear a jacket. Normally kid will tell, no, I am fine. I don't want it. Because normally we are probably, if somebody gives you a sweets or something, normally we will tell we don't want it. Even though we like all these things. So cold climate and the scenarios what she is mentioning here is that suppose instead of just convincing the child to wear that one, she's telling that why don't we make another scenario telling, okay, you are telling you are fine, you can manage the climate. Okay, what I will do is that I am thinking it will be difficult for you. So what I will do, I will keep the jacket with me when we get cold we can decide so these are two things are true scenario here so good parenting having hard time so separate behavior from identity so the point is not about good parent or bad parent there is no nothing like that because if if you try to become the good parent you are somehow you will try to see all the bad things on a child and you're going to label that child like that so it will be having a hard time there instead You try to be on a scenario where you have a neutral position and trying to understand the scenario will be more successful there. So separate behavior from identity. Then your children is not a children's behavior. He is more than that. As we mentioned earlier, he is a life extension to itself as Gibran is telling. Know your job. That's a chapter three. Parental role. Like even in, in, it's not only on the human kingdom, even on the animals. If you look at lion or tiger or cats, the mothers are, the main role of mother is to protect the child until it grow up, even in the birds or any other kingdom wise. So that's a primary job, parents role is safety and kids' job is learning. Even it is about a cub or a tiger or whatever it is. Its job is to learn the environment and its mother or parent Job is to protect and feed it to grow. So in, in both scenarios, you should make sure that both people are doing their job. You should do that one and kids do their learning. should not stop kids learning and you feed all these things. Children's brain, in the book it is telling, it's a very interesting analogy, is that two-story building. Imagine a children's brain as a two-story building. So every brain, so here that bottom brain is doing all the basic function, the ground floor, which is doing basic breathing, emotions, and all. Upstairs is all this complex planning, decision making, intuition, and all these things. But the challenging part is that in the kids, the upstairs are not going to getting developed. So we think ourselves as a person who has a two-story brain, think that okay kids also should think that but they will be struggling to understand and make a decision making because they don't there is no upstairs there they are still on the basic level and you are the staircase between the upstairs and downstairs when it is getting developed when the second floor is getting built for a ch- just children's brain you are the staircase for all the masons to go, go through and feed it and make it beautiful interior design and all these things. So, just I am just trying to take it in an imaginative way. So, boundaries, what we do. The point is that you think that, okay, good parent is something like who give everything what a child want. But in this scenario, it will not work because childrens are by, by its nature, they don't have an upstairs or a or a reflexive or a thinking brain is not developed there. Logical brain is not developed. So you as a person, like you can tell a person you should put a boundary on the on the people, on the kids. That's what we can do. Because they are not yet able to think. So you should keep a boundary and when they have a time to think about it they will understand why you keep the boundary there. So without boundary is not a good parenting. Boundaries is required And that is required in adult or in childhood. So children cannot take control. So you have to validate and empathize with their emotions. That way you can put a boundaries on that and they will also understand from your actions going on. The early years matter. Maybe everybody knows that one, early years matter. But children learn through parental interaction. Children used to learn from all this, but most of the times, the heroes or heroines of childrens are actually their fathers or mothers. So, foundation of a man is there. The book is talking about two parts because Dr. Beggy is uh, talking about evidence-based approach, but then she comes across that evidence-based approach is not complete. So, she is having a different approach, but mainly her book thinking is based on two things. Attachment theory and family systems, internal family system. What it means is simply, learning relations, we are normally getting attached to someone for protection. This is not only for on parents and kids, even when your husband or wife we are attached to each other, but for our, our survival, even your friendship, maybe your best friend. Maybe it is you will see love is there, but mostly it is about attachment or each other's benefit you are supporting each other stop being a baby it's hard to say goodbye what it means is that it's a two different scenario sometime when we are when we are kids are just growing up like that we tell that okay stop being a baby because the, the emotions or reflections are like that but the point is that if you label a kid all those feedback you are giving to that children because you are the ultimate teacher for them that time. They are going to take that as a feeding. And they are going to put their labeling like that. Okay. I am a baby. I am no, I am not worthless. The children is not able to study. You tell you are an idiot. Or your friend or your uh, other other guy who has got the first rank in the school. He is the best guy. So all these things are getting feded inside. Also you teach them how to behave to their friends. How to share their foods. All these things. As the upper brain is not. It is directly taking like a sponge and it is developing there only only option to clean it up is later if that particular child put too much effort to understand different perspective which rarely happen because we are all busy in all of our stages of life to get to the next stage so mostly all what has been learned in the beginning is going to stay with that person for a long long time so it's hard to say goodbye similar when the kids are going to the nursery and all these things it is hard to say goodbye but you have to teach at some point in time we have to leave and so that attachment that everything it has to be learned from all those scenarios to be more independent with dependence so the more feeding on dependence more you allow them to they will feel more independent child will become it's not the other way you just uh, leave the guy he will not become independent like that you have to support him, then he'll become independent. So, other thing is internal family system. This is uh, famous in psychology, like William James used to tell that a person is a multiple dimensions combining together. And you are the one who is in the center organizing all these things. Similar to that, as a person, we have multiple dimensions. Even in your kid itself, there are a lot of aspects, a lot of perceptions or dimensions it's projecting each other. If you think in a quantum mechanical way, it's like a multiple uh, positioning th- things like that. You are available in multiple realities, infinite possibilities. So, but here multiple person. Imagine a person is a multiple version inside him. So that way you'll understand each part of it. Children translate experience into identity. That's very important. Every every experience they have, every experience they encounter they will think, take it to an identity as as a perception to them. So other one is wrong. Like behavior, we cannot call it identity. But children here, so you have to make sure that what they are learning from that experience is very important. So if, if you think that they are not able to learn from that experience properly, you as a person, it is your job to assist and make sure to get the best out of that experience. That really matters. Because that is where the identity is getting created it's not too late suppose you're you're reading this book and your kid is already 8 years old or 10 years old i'm just telling an example so it's not too late anyway not for anything even if you're a person just you want to change something it's not too late anyway any person so what it does really mean is that parenting it is not about feeding the food for the kids on time or it is not about telling the kid to go and do the homework or study on time or go on sleep or drink the milk. It is not about that. Parenting, it's about self-reflection, learning and evolving. That's what it is. So you as a person, as as we beginning tell, like they are about the future. So you are the person who is Allah... Allowing them to learn. Self reflect and evolve. That's that's what. It's all about it. So therapy by close attachment. You cannot. Improve a thing. Without close attachment. So having a close attachment with the kid. Which is evolutionarily required by them. It is what attachment theory is talking about. So with a close attachment. You can connect between the minds. Self reflect. Learn and improve each other, so you will shrink. Our brain will normally get shrink when we are neglected, and it will enrich by reflection. That's what the book is talking about. So, change the environment, you can change yourself. If you are in an environment where many people are, or suppose like you go to a library, you may, may not be a good reader, but you'll be still reading more books there because the environment is inspiring you. Similar to many other things, if you are in a place where people are all playing football or or people are something else that environment will influence us more than determination and confidence left alone you will be with self-doubt and self-blame like when you are not treating a behavior of a person and you tell that kid okay you are bad or you are like this so that self-blame he will take it okay I am a bad kid that will go inside and it will stay there it will grow with him so, generally, it is telling that it is better to be a sinner in the world of God than a nice person in the world of devil. So, we have this, it's it's not about this topic, but in a religious perspective, most of the people think that we are the sinners and all these things and we are not good in front of God and all these things. So, but there's another part. but the book is talking about how repair look like. So, Repair is not something like you can do it just just like that. Okay, I read the book good inside. Okay, let us repair it. It's not like that. It's not a machine like But there is a solidity and disagreement in relation. You have just tried to just find the time slowly to understand and reflect with the kid. And you don't have to regret about what's happened so far and all these things. It's never too late. Sure, it's better to be before. But it's never too late. So, you you still have an understanding about the things. Try to listen from the kids. Upcoming chapters will help you to understand that one. So, let's proceed. No regrets. Resilience greater than happiness. Regulation first. Happiness second. This is uh, important because you as a parent, maybe most of the times you are angry or something like that. But still you think that your prime priority is to make your kid happy so if instead of like good food and nutritious food is asking about a chocolate or a or a junk food or something you think that okay happiness is important let us get that so but happiness comes second regulation because as a kid you he is not able to control his regulations and thinking and all so you as a parent it is your responsibility to provide that regulations or another way boundaries to support him resilience to experience wide emotions you see like children's blast at things you are you just ask you for something you are not giving he will shout in all his voice and sound will go because they are not able to control their emotions like an adult. So you as an adult, you look at it, you will think that why, why this kid is happening like that. So resilience is to not kill the emotion. Resilience is to just manage wide range of emotions. So you as a regulator, you help them to cope Them ability to tolerate that stress. Even as we as an adult, we will have a different stressful scenarios. You going to an interview tomorrow or you have a big business meeting. All these things will create like you have an examination tomorrow. It is all creating stress. Same thing it is happening to kid because he is new to lot of scenarios. Like just a machine just on or some siren ring. You know that it's a siren. But if a kid will not understand what it's siren, what is meant for, will it harm him or all these things. So... To experience a wide range of emotions is resilience, empathy, plus listening, plus acceptance. So that's that's important. Just it's giving it to example like a, a parent is playing with a kid, Lego, and he's building a bricks and all these things like a building. The tower falls. So normally, when a tower falls, you will be looking bad. But you, as a parent, you just this is all learning scenarios because what you are teaching the kid that particular time when something is falling, that is going to help him to rise above when he is going to fail in the future. You get the point? Even Thomas Edison was having a factory; he got fire. He was just smiling at it and is in front of his children and is telling that okay, it is, it's already on ashes now, so I can build a new one. Now, so tower falling, you can look at two aspects one it is falling, other one is an opportunity to build it again. So, always try to it's not, yes, it's okay to celebrate success, but the best thing is to ask your kid is that what you failed this week or what you failed today at school. This is an important part because if even if your kid is going to succeed on all the examinations, all the papers there is no guarantee that this kid is going to su- succeed in life. But instead, if he's going to learn from the failures of anything, that habit of learning itself from failure is going to help him to look at inside and look at outside and learn and evolve himself future. That's the greatest learning you have and that's the greatest resilience you have. Like you can look at all the things in multiple aspects and you can stay grounded in the, in the middle happiness now than anxiety as adult you what, what it means is that if you focus only about happiness of the kid kid will not get that opportunity to get resilience and learn from that so you will not have they will have anxiety as an adult later so you're not happiness policing think that okay you are a police officer just to make sure that your kids are happy happy all the time you are not supposed to be that we think parenting is all about that, but it's not that. Let us learn from discomfort and protect from immense experience. There is a book itself by Joshua Wateskin. He is uh, telling about art of learning, how his parent, he's is chess grandmaster. He become a grandmaster and that learning of his father and a son to be creating a grandmaster is about that book. If you are interested, you can read that. Art of Learning by Joshua Waitskin. So let's go to the next one, behavior is a window. As we mentioned, look through the window, behavior appears. So it's a clue only, what is behavior? Embrace curiosity. If you have an understanding, okay, something is there, that curiosity as a shola comes, go into that, find the clue and try to understand what is inside. Understand the motivation, understand what is driving your child. So that's important. So brother is grabbing a toy of her sister. It's not something like he's a stealer or something. He's feeling an insecurity there. Parents create people-pleasing characters. That's important also, because we are all programmed to not to tell no. Like if most of the times, if your colleague or somebody asks, "Can you do this for me?" "Can you do?" We are programmed to be no, because you as a as a children or your parent is programmed you or learned you that way. You are a people pleasing. You should please your sister. You should please your that piece, this piece. You should not. Whatever is not wrong or what you don't like, you should not express that. You should just throw in front of them a hippo, more be hypocritical and tell that okay, it's fine. So even you don't want to share your toy with your sister, you should be a people pleasing thing. Actually, this is not going to help the kid. Should we should be just able to tell no. That 1000 no is what makes Steve Jobs and Warren Buffett and all these things. So you should teach if you want to become someone like next Elon Musk or someone like that. You should teach your kids to be tell no as well. So connection capital for Christ. It's important. It's not only about a kid. Like you can influence a person if you have a strong connection capital. Imagine you as a friend. You have a friend you are having a long connection with him like supporting each other so an advice from you having that much connection capital will have more influence than somebody else you get the point so connection capital is very important so you have to build that connection it is not like when the problem is there you go there and find the clue and you just just take your stick and tell this one you have a connection capital then the 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 child will be more empathized with you listening with you and he will be more able to accept things from you because he knows that he understand you or or you understand him focus on internal development play no phone time it's a pnp time the book is talking about it's not something very unusual it's very simple because we are mostly on a digitally uh, uh, high digitalized age so we are full in phone and tablet and all these things what she really mean is that dr becky is just isolate your phone keep it there for 15 minutes and tell your kid okay i'm just keeping everything away i'm just here with you and then just understand and play with the kid like that talk to him reduce shame and increase connection it's an important thing. What shame it is, we will understand because we think shame as something bad, but shame is required also. So no empathy, no stu- so stubborn telling lies. This is what we find our kids like they are so stubborn. They are not having an empathy to her brother or sister or friends in the schools. They are telling lies. All things are bad kid. This is what we labeled around it. So attempt to avoid dealing with the guilt. So that is what shame is all about. Like shame is like if somebody is telling okay, did you do that? A parent is telling, did you hit your sister or did you take that toy? Immediately we have programmed to tell no, because because we don't want to be in a position where we feel guilt when we tell yes. That's why we are telling no. So it's not a lie. Actually, it looked like a lie to you, but it's not a lie. Shame is a part We don't want to be seen by others. So when we are getting vulnerable, we don't want to show in front of others. That's what the shame is expressing there. Shame is being alone, being danger. If I tell yes, if I did something like that, or if I hit somebody, or if I do something bad, or steal something, if I accept it at yes, first of all, I'll be alone because of that action, because of that conviction. Because being alone as a social being, as a human being, is the greatest danger for our survival. So, we, our, our brain, our hormone, everything is programmed for survival. So, that's why we are the danger, protection is becoming, getting alone. We don't want to get alone. That's why we are expressing shame. That's why we are telling that one. At the end, it is resulting as a lie to a person, but it's not. So, shame detection and correction. Parents, sorry to sister. So instead of you insisting your the elder child to the younger sister telling sorry, you tell sorry on behalf of them. So then he will try to reflect and understand based on that. So try to first connect with them, try to appreciate and respect his emotion. That will be more important than just giving some advice straight away. Tell the truth. Explain the double doubt string up. The point is that most of the times people, kids will come and ask you a lot of crazy questions. So you will think that okay, I'm, my kid is really having a right to give, get that information. Like he will ask about politics, we will ask about science, he will ask about sex or a lot of things. So you will think that okay, this kid is not capable enough to accept that information. But the point what Dr. Beck is telling that if your kid is asking that question that simply means that he is ready to get that information at what level of information is another part information versus lack of information so if you are not providing that information first of all that lack of information will thrive and he will try to find it somewhere maybe it's not a good source of knowledge that's another part second part is that you should be trying to explain that information knowledge will understand their perceptions and understand their uh, looking at what the world is. So Questions come from thinking. Tell what you don't know. How to learn also. Because sometimes all the questions what children ask, maybe you don't know about it. So you as a person, should you should tell the truth and tell that I don't know. Because that will tell, just give in front of the a kid that okay, my parent is giving the rightful information. But at the same time, you as a parent can tell also how to get that information or how you are going to, you if you don't know, how you are going to get that. So, you are trying to get that learning environment thriving there. So, questions come from that. So, you should honor that questioning. Like the book is example about a vacuum cleaner. a kid is there a 2 year or 3 year and you switch on the vacuum machine you as an adult will not feel panic about it but as a child he don't know what a vacuum machine is that what that sound is he will immediately get panic and his hormones and everything will be but the moment you tell the kid okay that is a vacuum cleaner that is not going to harm you it is for cleaning next time he will not get that thing so information is important so tell the truth even a person is dying grandmother or grandfather is died just tell that, explain. Let them express that emotion. You are not supposed to protect the kid from not expressing emotion. As a human being, as a child and evolving as an adult man, he is supposed to express emotions. So, you should tell the truth. Self-care. That's another principle of uh, Dr. Becky. Parent self-care model. Losing yourself. So, people think that if we as a parent, the best thing is that we should sacrifice ourselves for the kids. But actually, Dr. Beck is telling it's not the case. You should first show your self-care model to yourself and that will be a good ex- good example for your kid also. Losing yourself is not right. Like you just do like 12 hours a job or 8 hours a job then come to home, 4 hours. You're not resting. You're showing a bad example to your kid and same time that actions will create frustrations and you're not going to become a good parent. So put boundaries on self-care. If you want to spend 30 minutes rest tell your kid okay i'm going to take rest or i want to send email or i want to do this for me so that way kid will understand okay there is something i don't have to spend everything for yourself i have to put some time for myself also so that same time a learning for the kid and something for yourself as well so avoidance confirmation of danger acknowledge validate and permit So, that's important. You have to acknowledge every part of the emotions, validate and permit. Other person's happiness is not your job. So, we previously think about people pleasing things. So, you should always think that, okay, when something is still, this is important for a kid also. Other person's happiness is not in your control. It is not in your job. If you focus on your life to make the other person happy, you are not always going to get other person, so it's not your job. Your first job is to make sure you are happy inside and you are doing your job. Dining behavior with others, tolerate others' stress for your needs, repair and recovery. So that's all important. Like, uh, repair and recovery is most important as a parent and as a kid. So, you should it is your responsibility to teach your kid that way. And dining behavior, you know that, like. Uh, just uh, you don't eat food and so this all the things like and behavior of the kids they don't want food and we will come across that in the later so we will not go in detail that time. So part two building connection. First one we are talking about different dimensional thinking like that principles of Dr. Becky is about building connection and addressing behavior. So <clears throat> first one building connection capital. We previously talked about the same. We have to get that connection capital or connection with the kid to influence him. So family out of balance is non-secure. So it's not a good thing. Like you and your spouse is just fighting each other. It's not a good environment for. So child emotional bank account. Imagine child emotions have a bank account. It's, It's like that. And currency of that bank account is the connection. Behavior is a status of that bank account of a child. Whatever is behaving, it's like a status of that. What is inside that bank account. So connection capital to control. So you cannot influence control without connection. First you have to, parents must build connection. PNP time we already explained before. Just put some time aside for him. Join with kids, child ideas. That's very important. Even your child will be doing crazy things. Don't stop. Stop that one. Just be like a kid. Join his discussion. That way you can improve the connection. Describe, mimic and reflective listening. Like if he's telling, okay, I want to build uh, an Eiffel Tower or with my model or so. Okay, you want to build Eiffel Tower? Like a good negotiation skill is something like a mirroring and labeling and all these things. Fill up game. You fill up that part thing. Emotional vaccinations. You just have to before like... You know that your kid is not able to manage some emotion. So when he's on a normal state, try to explain that emotion, how it is happening. So you will try to next time he'll be more able to manage with that. That's what emotional vaccination is talking about. Feeling bench, sit with him and understand his feeling. Try to understand what it means. Just go through it when he's calm. So that way he'll be more able to tell you. Playfulness, build connection. So play with the kids, talk with them when he's calm. We already explained that before. Not listening, not cooperating. There are kids like that. They are not listening. They are not cooperating. We think that it's a lack of appreciation. But actually it is not. It's not a lack of appreciation. It's actually a relationship problem. Parents stop good fun to less fun. So the point is that most of the times your kid may, kid may come and tell I want to eat noodles. So that is a good fun for him because he thinks that that's the most tastiest thing I have. But then the parent will tell no, you should eat rice and this one and salad and all these things. So that will not work. And do you think that your kid is not listening or obedient with you? Connect before you ask. Give your child a choice. That's very important. Like you, you do you're not able to convince and make sure your side is true. You give a choice. Okay, if if you want, you can need this and this, you can have noodles. And you can have this. So if you eat this one, let us eat together so that your taste also will get and you will get some what mother is also asking. So let the kid eat little of both. Role reversal. That's also a very interesting part. Like when you have a time, you just role reverse it and give parent to behave like a child to behave like a parent. You just behave like a kid. So that way it will be a reflection for him to understand how he is behaving. Close your eyes, parent dancing. Lot of lot of such details and scenarios in the book, but we are only taking care of the important part. Emotional tantrums also seem like, we see like a lot of emotional things because as we mentioned earlier in the book, kids are not able to regulate the emotions because their brain is not yet developed for that. So, complying now and confidence later. So, two things are true here. So, you are in charge, you are allowed to be upset. This is important because when the kids are Just when you are trying to do something or emotionally tantrum, you are not showing to tell that stop your emotions. You can tell, okay, he's mad. Okay, you are allowed to be mad. So that is somehow telling that, okay, I'm allowed to express my emotion. If you do it other way, children will be thinking like that. Okay, whatever emotions I'm coming inside, I'm not supposed to express. That will create a bad impression or that will, I will not get support from my spouse or boss or anything when he grow up. So name and describe the wish. Validate and size the magnitude like kids sometime will tell okay I want to get a burger as much big as this room. Oh you want to get that much big as a room? So you get that validate and magnitude then that way they will understand they will appreciate you are allowed to be upset. So emotional tantrums it is not something like a crazy kid or something it is something like a overwhelming demand of an emotions like Similar thing, aggressive tantrums, it's similar to that, but it will be more, more violent, like hitting, biting, throwing at things. So, the point is that when the tantrums are happening, our prefrontal cortex or the frontal lobe is going to be down. So, then there is no logic, logical part is down. So, kids will behave lot of things like that. They cannot see it like us. That's then is important. But you are looking at that person as you and thinking that is crazy. I won't let you take charge. So on such scenarios, when there is aggressive tantrums, because that prefrontal lobe is down, you are the person to take charge of that. So won't let not good. So later on, he will understand why it is like, because every time like we, have, we will get lot of emotions and things in the future also. But you should be some way able to regulate and control those emotions as a as a human being. It's a hunger or or your karmic pleasures and all these things. So when even in your aggressive tantrum in the childhood, if you are able to control or take charge of the situation, that will help to the kid to understand later to control, humanize the urge, and control the action. So you should not be taking that aggressive you should not take control of it like an animal behaving like that i hate you it's not is not you out of control so if a kid is telling in, in tantrum telling i hate you actually it is not i hate you actually is telling it is it's not you is i hate myself i'm not able to take control of it. so my job as a parent is to keep you safe that's a message there Sibbing so library, uh, this is also like if you are part of a family, you have a brother or sister, maybe you already know about it, but your kids will be doing the same. They'll be fighting each other. So your spouse, li- little wife, story. the book is trying to explain this scenario because we will not see it as a kid, but the book is explaining. Imagine, just forget brothers and sisters, child like that. Imagine you having a wife. Like you as a husband, you having a wife and you would go and tell to your wife, Okay, I'm going to get this little wife next week or next year. This little wife will be as good as you and he'll be living in your home and he'll be sharing your notebooks or kitchen, your um, closets and all these things. So you'll work together, don't clash each other. How will you feel as a wife? because you will think that okay my my affection to my husband is going to be reduced and all these things just from this example remove the wife and put a husband and no, sorry brother and sister same thing is happening there also when a younger sister is coming to the home he is having a natural okay my affection or my protection or my love is getting shared we don't want to do that or I'm feeling insecure. Okay, my security as a wife will be lost when the other lady is coming. So you get the point. So that said we will will need me. Will my need be met? This is an important. That's what sibling rivalry is. The cause of that is this one. So if you make sure that your needs will be met, then rivalry will not happen. A PNP time per child is good in such situation. Not fair, but individual need. You don't have to be fair in the situation because it is very difficult to be fair. But making sure that what each of the kids need, that is more important than just being fair on that situation. Allowing vending to you only. If the sibling rivalry is that one of the kids is coming and shouting at you, let them channel that emotion to you. Let you be a window of that emotions. Let it vent through you. Step in when danger. Normally clash is fine, but when it is a real danger, when their prefrontal cortex is not working, you should slow down when they are calm. Rudeness and defense also same. Like we feel children's as rude. Punishment cannot resolve that one. Don't take it as a bait. Embody your authority and state the truth. When they are rude or something, just embody your authority. Just take charge of authority and explain to them. State the truth what is happening and they will try to understand and reflect around it. It's more important than just punishing. Okay, he do something and just hit him, he cry and then he do the same thing again. Instead, every opportunity make it as a learning opportunity. Whining. It's a a short way of complaining. Like an example is a coffee example telling. You go to a coffee shop. Normally they open at eight o'clock, but you go there, they're not yet open. And you ask the coffee shop, can I get a coffee and like that? And uh, he rudely tell that, no, you will, you will uh, just wait 30 minutes. You'll feel very bad, right? But instead he's telling, yes, I know that uh, our coffee shop open at eight. We are very sorry. Actually, we have some technical problem here. We'll be getting it sorted. We are expecting it to be happen in another 30 minutes. Would you like to take a seat inside? That is a totally different explanation. So we see like a kid is just doing a homework. And he tell a parent. Okay I want pencil. So you will think that okay he's is not appreciating all these things. Why don't he go himself and take that pencil. This is happening in everywhere. Even if your husband and wife. You will do have a similar situation. You working on a laptop. You tell your wife or husband. Okay can you do this. Actually this whining is happening when they have a strong desire to get something that is combined with powerlessness. You want to have something very needed, very you have a strong desire, but you are powerless to do it or you are tired of getting doing it. You are unable to wake up and you are already focused too much on the work. So you are powerless to get out of it. so That strong desire, you want that item, but somehow you are powerless to do it. That combination is creating that whining. Can okay, multiple choices. So channel your own whiner. Restate the request in your own. Even your children is whining at it. Just rephrase in front of him that same thing. So he will understand the way it can be presented also. So don't take it as a lack of gratitude from the child. So lying also important Maybe be this is <laughs> everywhere. Lying is safer. This, we mentioned this before, because we don't want to get into the shameful situation. So to retain control of the ending, if something is bad, okay, if a, children, a teacher is asking something immediately, or a boss is asking something, did you do the immediate thing is that, no, I did not do it. So that way it will result in a lie. But actually, I wish that's what happening. If some kid is telling, no, I did not do that to a mother, or a, actually is telling, I wish I did not do that. But the resulting ending is coming like I did not do it. When truth threatens the attachment, we will not tell the truth. So somehow, your job is to make sure that even you tell the truth, you will still have an attachment. That level of thing will give more honesty on that children when you grow up. Hate being controlled. Every person, if as a children or adult, we hate being controlled by others. So when you tell a truth, we will be in a shameful situation we will be in a diff- controlling thing our we will not have a control on the ending or outcome of that. If you tell the truth we know the outcome okay I did not do it means okay there is no more question from that. But if you tell I did that thing then you are going to get punished or you are good So we, we, we are not interested in uncertain outcomes and ending. that's why we kids need independence they reframe lie as a wish. If it did not happen, if it did happen. So if your children is telling lie, just try to reframe that as a wish and present it, just okay, if it happened, what will be this? So that way he'll be more confident next time to tell the truth. So that's an important part. So fears and anxiety, do not rationalize fear, more info on fear. So the point is that fear is not supposed to be, don't, don't tell the, the kid that you're not supposed to be fear. Because fear is evolutionary, it is there, even you curb it, it will be still there. So tolerance to fear and understanding about fear and uh, confidence to stay on stand of that, that is more important. So be curious and think through. Try to do dry run drills and practice. What it's actually mean is that just if, if you think that your kid is fearful of something, when he's on a normal situation, try to do a drill experience. just uh, just same thing happen again. So you, then you go through it and explain to him. So he will understand. So like a drill, like like a fire drill happening on your building or something similar to that. If he's afraid of few, uh, water, or is afraid of about a pet, just take the pet with you and then understand. So just just make that situation again happen again, and you part of it, and you support him to the reflection and practice that way. He can end. So only way to, as per Henry Ford, only way to just avoid fear is to do act on it. So allow your child to act on it and dry runs will help you a lot on that. Hesitation and shyness. It's almost the same thing. We previously talked about shame and be careful how you comment on it. Husband, wife at party. Like this may be similar. It's an example similar to the little wife before. Like your husband and wife go to a party, and your wife is always staying with you, so you feel like uh, she he, she's always behind your suit or something. So that will feel awkward and hesitation, and treated as hesitation or shyness. Like your kid is always on bottom of your uh, like cloth or on your just going close to your legs and all. Actually, that is a he's not able to. Just digest that environment. That situation on how to behave. That lack of decision making. Is actually creating that hesitation and shyness. So turn 180 degrees. Surround around right people. That's important. Like for example. You are telling your kids. On a birthday party as a child. Okay you should be talking to everybody. And all these things. But actually when he grew up as a kid. He should be treated. Teached in such a way that he should be surround himself around right people only. So actually this hesitation and shyness is a good aspect as well. You should not trust everybody straight away. You should analyze the people and then so validate the feeling and talk about it. So it's not bad. It's a good thing as well. So don't label kids as shy. You're a shy kid like that. Just try to explore. It as a good aspect also. Try to support each other on that. Frustration intolerance. Deep paradox of learning. So, what it means is that normally, like, suppose your kid is doing a math homework and all these things and he's getting frustrated. Or or he's doing a handwriting thing and you are asking him to improve perfect, perfect. And at some point in time, you lose patience and you shout at the kid. So, he, the kids tell that, okay, teacher, told that this is fine. You are making it. So, that we'll come across that topic in an upcoming chapter. But that is actually... A deep paradox of learning is that frustration. Like without frustration, without the desirable difficulty as high Chicks and is still there is no learning. There is no flow there. So provide a growth mindset for the kid. Everybody is not coming born as learning a skill. You keep on improving the thing as Malcolm Gladwell tells five thousand hours like that. So provide a growth mindset, hard work and learning reward. So. Just frustration, consider it as a sign of learning. Don't get frustrations by the frustration of the kid or frustration intolerance. Just consider it as normal. Food eating habits, we come across this before. Food for survival, I won't take it what you offer. As kids normally like, sometimes they will come and ask you, I want that, I want omelette, I want this. Then when you give omelette, you will tell, I want something else, I want that, I want. So do your job in making the food. Kid do the job of eating. You get the point. If you try to control the the food, he will tell the look, I know myself what my taste it is. So generally what it is trying to, most of the time, it is not only about taste. Kid is trying to get how much attention he is getting. So if I ask this, I will get it. If I ask that, I will get it. So somehow he is testing with that attachment as well. That is another aspect of that. Other part is that you are not supposed to control that. Thing he can have his food. So, minimize anxiety on the consumption. It is not always that your kids have a full stomach. Then only he will get the nutrition. Nutrition get get in multiple ways. But you don't have to just fight on each other and food eating. A kid as a child, they are normally programmed to have sugars, chocolate and other things. Noodles and all these things. But in So, you give a choice. I know my taste. I choose my food. This is what most of the times children's eating struggle is more all about. Consent, like this is also an important part because you as a, imagine a small girl, a five-year-old or something. You are asking her to just go and hug with grandpa or uncle like that. And maybe she's not doing it and you just comment that you should, you should do it and all these things. But imagine the same five-year-old become a 25-year-old later. And uh, grandpa is or or somebody is going to hug her. You tell, okay, she should allow. No, right? So I'm telling, there is a kid is indirectly telling, I am in charge of my body. I know what it is. But you as a parent is telling, no, you should do that. But it's a a bad learning or bad teaching there. Kids are allowed to take charge of your body. They know their taste. They know their identity. They know their reflection. So practice self-reflection and that way, yes, you should, what they are doing is somehow right. They are in charge of their body. So you should allow them to self-reflect and that way you can give good part of the thing. Okay, hugging and the good situations and not hugging or telling no on bad situations. So that way they will be more careful with their body and as Socratic questioning, exploring both options. Like similar to our before, both two things are true. Tears, I think we all know it. I am not explaining much on that. Something so big is happening. Tears. So, we as a parent, we think that uh, just crying in front of the kids are bad. But actually no, like we should should be crying and because we should feel our kids that crying is normal. Don't label it as fake. Don't label crying as a fake or Like dramas and discuss in outside moments, outside tears. And that they will appreciate the fears and emotions. So they should express their bodily, They should not kill the emotions. Building confidence. I think we already talked about this. Confidence is not feeling good. It's about believing. Okay to be who you are. That's what it is. So confidence is not something like you can do... No, feeling good or not feeling it is like having all these challenges around you and you are still able to just go to that meeting and present that one you are able to control yourself and about believing in yourself who you are whatever is happening irrespective of what is the situation is that is really the confidence is that trust your feelings self trust in our ability so this is all what it is confidence is all about Perfectionism, we come across in the uh, homework example, underneath the emotional struggle, perfectionist behavior identity, steel process of learning. If you put perfection on the things, sometimes, most of the times, you will lose an opportunity to learn. So perfectionist, yes, like 5,000 hours or 10,000 hours of piano make a Mozart or a Rahman or whoever it is or Kobe Bryant or all these people or Cristiano Ronaldo, all these important people. But So you don't have to be perfect in the very moment. Your kid just start playing football. You don't have to play him like a Messi or someone else. You are allowed to fail. You are allowed to learn. You are allowed to fall. So there is no perfectionism there. Perfectionism actually kills that. Learning. So you don't have to do that. Introduce perfect voices. Sleep. Maybe this is uh, almost to the last. Sleep struggle. This is also common in most of the kids. So some interesting thoughts here. Sleep struggle is a separation struggle. We think that sleep struggle is something bad. But actually the same security and safety aspect is coming here also. When he's getting sleep. Like we as a natural tendency to be protect ourselves. So we, when kid is Along with the parent, he feel I am protected. He is away from the parent, he is not protected. That's why while sleeping, kids want parents to be with them. They want to just stay around and sing. explain where is everyone. It's an important hack. It's telling that, teach your kids like at night or okay, at this particular time, what everybody in the home, home will be doing. So that way he will understand or he will not have that much fear or subconscious fear. We're all playing using toys as a parent. That's another infuse your presence. Like you can put your photograph of you in the kid's bedroom, all these things. So infuse your presence and safe distance method. You can tell your kid, like, okay, I'm just will be in that room, like here or there. Slowly, slowly, you can stay away. Like instead of sitting with him while he's sleeping on the bed or she's sleeping on the bed, sit on the couch there and sit on the next room afterwards. So Very final one, I'm not sure how much it is good, like a recordable thing where you talk about a song or anything in your voice. So when kid kid need your presence, he press the button and your voice will sing. Even though it will look absurd to us as a person, but children, it it makes a big difference. So that's about the end of the book summary. Uh, Good inside by Dr. Be- Dr. Becky Kennedy, a guide to becoming the parent you want to be. Uh, this is Becky Kennedy. So interesting author. If you want to follow her, you can follow in his website www.goodinside.com. So that's all for now. Uh, for the next special books and summary will be coming soon. Until then, feel free to look at other other book summaries in our channel and subscribe to us if you found it valuable. Until then, bye for now. Thank you.